0: Welcome to Silly in Seattle. This is a podcast about hockey and Seattle. Uh, I am Grant Beery. I'm joined with me, as always, by Rebecca Maloney. Hello. And Doug Mellon. Hola. All right, just some uh, cracking news to start off with here. Uh, John Forslund recently uh, announced as the TV play-by-play guy for the uh, team. Uh, He's going to be on Root Sports. So. If you can watch the Mariners games, then you can watch the Kraken games. Um, Obviously, with all you cord cutters, that may be a bit of an issue, Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit, Um, just kind of some of your options for watching the team. But let's start with uh, John Forslund here, guys. Uh, So are either of you familiar at all with his uh, body of work? Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't
1: really... T- um, tell me
0: you went and watched a bunch of YouTube videos with him, though, right?
1: I did. Like, I wasn't really uh, familiar with his body of work before he was hired, but I definitely watched some YouTube videos. And I think the Kraken posted a, a video of um, him, like, dancing while doing a call. Like, he was like, I, the Kraken tweet was like, who wants uh, John Forsland to go on our TikTok account or something like that? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. You've charmed me. I can get into that. Um, So I'm super excited for him. And our our friend of the pod, Everett FitzHugh, is going to be radio play by play. So that'll be cool too for your commute home. That's exactly right.
0: Yeah, he uh, he got an official job title now. Is he's he's going to be the radio uh, radio play by play. No color announcers announced for either of them yet. Yeah.
1: So So that'll be cool. We could listen to Everett on the on the commute home from. Mm -hmm. What, post-COVID or
2: at hopefully. home when you can't watch because it's on very sports <laughs> yeah
1: exactly oh there you go yeah exactly
0: <laughs> well and the funny thing about that is um the what they're pushing is a um a product that AT&T has part of their it's called AT&T TV Now or something like that um and basically it's their Direct TV service or their do they still call it TV? whatever their satellite service is but it's like on the internet so mm-hmm. um and that's a way you can watch uh you can watch root sports just about as expensive as cable so um, yeah i mean you're not you're basically not cutting the cord you're just doing it without a cable box or a satellite dish at that point so if you live in an apartment it's an option for you because otherwise you probably wouldn't be be able to put a dish up on your balcony or something like that so i think yeah. of all the moves
2: that they've made this is like the one that i question the most
0: it well, from, a, no sense. I mean, from it, a distribution standpoint, though, it makes sense. I mean, this is a way for them to get into bars and stuff um, yeah. because it's going to be dead simple for them to basically, like I said, if if you are able to watch the Mariners games, now you're going to be able to watch the Kraken games. So yeah. nice and easy for those guys. So,
1: Well, and yeah, I don't know. I'm not really. I'm not super. I don't have, like. My reaction is Okay. <laughs> You know, it's not really, um, it's not really a big deal that it's on root sports. Yeah. It, it'll be good for distribution and everything. And honestly, like root sports in terms of like announcers and broadcasting, uh, the Mariners have like a really good thing going for root sports. Like mm-hmm. Angie Mentic is, you know, it's a, a staple for Seattle sports, uh, and she's great. Um, covering the Mariners so I I think Rue will do a good job I think the cracking games are going to be in good hands when it comes to broadcasting with Root Sports yeah it sucks it's not going to be distributed on any streaming platforms at least not right now but it's also like what are you going to do you
0: know yeah I think a lot of folks held out some hope that with you know Amazon being such kind of a close tight partner with the team at this point you know AWS CEO well now Amazon CEO Mm -hmm. being a part owner Um, that people were saying, well, they could just put the games on Prime, which is not unheard of in the sense of Thursday Night Football has been on Prime for, I think, uh, two or three years now. Um, So it's something that can be done. It's just, if you think about it, though, Amazon doesn't really have any kind of broadcasting team in place. It's something they would really kind of have to build from the ground up. Granted, they have money. It's not something they would ever have to worry about kind of, you know, getting their money back from. So... I I wonder why. And it may just be they were talking to people out there, maybe, you know, bar owners or, you know, restaurant owners and saying, is this something that would work for you guys or is it going to be too big of a hassle to set up?
1: I mean, just because Amazon has money doesn't mean they're gonna do something right. Like, Amazon also has a video game studio that's been around for eight years, and they have like no major titles. So I guess I was
0: thinking from the idea that they don't need to um, worry about a bottom line because if you look at you look at like RSNs right now, you know, regional sports networks across the country, the only way they make money right now is through carriage fees from uh, from cable companies, Um, and that's. That's kind of the big uh, reason that, uh, like Doug right now, cannot watch Avalanche games in Colorado um, because Comcast and uh, Dish Network will not carry uh, the local RSN there called uh, Altitude Altitude Sports. Yeah, Uh, Which is mind-blowing to me um, because Dish Network is based out of Colorado and they're the first... Uh, company that ever carried that network, yeah, and now they're just like, yeah, we don't want to do regional sports anymore it's a it's a dying business
2: so my thing here is, I mean, I have no doubt to back any of this up, but the feeling is that the people who have cable TV are probably an older generation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The people who ha- are using streaming services like Netflix and FUBU and YouTube TV are probably people from the younger generation F- Fubo. If, if you if you're trying to grow the game of hockey and grow a team in your area, why the hell are you targeting people with cable services and not say a 499 subscription on something? I mean, you have now the CEO of Amazon. It doesn't even have to be Amazon, but like you have the money and technology to throw up your own streaming service. Why do you have to be on a, on anything? Like why not just create your own package for 499, right? A month. And you get to watch the team all year. Right. wherever you are.
0: I really feel like that's the way the business is going to go because um, you look at um, kind of the big sell of the reason RSNs go with you know these cable contracts is they, um, they get pretty much instant market penetration because RSNs are usually carried, not necessarily on the basic tiers in all these places, but they're carried low enough on these tiers that enough people are just going to be, even if they never watch it, you're still gonna get that five bucks from that guy because he wanted to watch the tennis network or the yeah. golf channel and so he needs that. but that tennis network or that golf channel is always kind of bundled in with your RSM. So yeah. you' get you get a lot of these, I'm gonna call them passive subscribers because they're not actively looking for your game or your network. But they're gonna get it, and you're gonna get their five bucks and from the cable company. So it works out really well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right; it's unsustainable because I mean, you know,
2: would you rather pay sixty-seven dollars? How much is it for AT and T
0: for the tier that has uh, yeah. Root Sports? You need to pay at least seventy-five dollars a month. So would you rather
2: pay seventy-five dollars a month and go through with a contract, or what, how, I don't even know if they have a contract anymore, but go through that company? Mm-hmm. or would you rather ovg release their own package that includes what will be the sonics nhl seattle with the kraken the wnba for say 9.99 a month which one would you prefer
1: isn't there precedent for that doesn't like madison square garden have its own like broadcasting yeah, MSG. setup mm-hmm. um I mean, I, I would definitely prefer that, but I, I'm sure there's, like, behind-the-scenes complications in terms of, like, contracts and, like, operating costs or whatever that, that would kind of hold up spinning up that quickly.
2: But, like... I mean, don't I, they have to spin it up? Like, I mean...
1: I mean, Root Sports, that's all... Like, if they're already broadcasting the Mariners, they have, like, experience yeah. doing that stuff. So, I mean, I imagine they, they know the game and they know how to play it. But, um, you know, I, I think it's it's i don't know it's the situation's evolving like streaming is being more prevalent for sports and everything so i i don't think just because it's the way it is now it will be the way it is always but i will say it's kind of a shame from a economic equity standpoint because cable is very expensive
0: right yeah
2: so like especially when you already have netflix or youtube tv and now you have to add this on just to get it because it's not on local tv
0: well and that and that's something I did specifically was I had YouTube TV um, and I liked it, but I knew full well I was not going to get sports uh, on YouTube TV. Um, so I I called Comcast and I was like, listen, I don't know. I don't care, you know, what fancy packages or And don't you dare try and give me a cable box because I'm not going to take it. <laughs> um, and so they gave me the little um, – it almost is like the size of a roku and i just plug um uh i just plug an internet or a ethernet cable into it and um that's my cable box and it's all it's like a cloud dvr everything like that i'm paying you know as much as i was paying for u2 tv but i have a cable box with root sports on it yeah. and i'm happy about that but you know obviously it's like you know well it's comcast so i'm kind of beholden to them
1: well, and especially in terms of like growing the game, like, and an economic equity standpoint, like, hockey is expensive enough. Hockey's yeah. expensive to go to the games, it's expensive to play the games, and like, it's going to be expensive. Like, if Root is on cable and you have to have cable to watch Root, like, it's going to be expensive to watch the games. Like, it's not really an issue for me because I have cable and right. I pay for it anyway.
0: Well, but I mean, if you think about it though, it's you have to think that it's expensive to put a you know put a game on you know on the air you're talking a bunch of cameras probably at least 100 people working on that game whether at the arena at the studio in a truck you know and then you you take that cost analysis and how much i mean we're talking like tens of thousands of dollars every night to put a game on the air a local broadcast affiliate will never be able to afford that period. No. They just can't do it.
2: But that's fine because we have, who sponsors the arena? Amazon. Who's the, who's one of the co-owners of the Seattle Kraken? Amazon. Who are all of these servers being hosted on for every street NHL TV and all these streaming services are being hosted where? AWS. AWS. <laughs> so you can't, so if we're already building up from the ground up,
0: mm-hmm. right,
2: everything is being put into place. The cameras, all this shit is already being built right now. Then why can't they just say, "Hey, you know what? We can find some way to put this in the cloud and, well, and I, let people watch it." Because we can't watch it on Angel TV.
0: I think it's disappointing. Well, yeah, blackout restriction and all that. It's very disappointing to think that this could have been something very innovative and yeah. kind of novel for this team to do. I think um, that's my disappointment right yeah. there. Is that right. I'm not
2: like I'm not super frustrated about it. I just think that if they had done it it could have changed the game. It right. made things much better for hockey fans across the country.
0: Well, and if you think about it, too, in the sense of um, broadcast territory as well, I yeah. wonder, I really, really wonder if that's where they ran into trouble. Yeah, um, Alaska. Because the NHL says you cannot broadcast your games outside of your territory on a local channel. So the uh, the crack Kraken get Alaska, Washington, Oregon... Um, some of Idaho and, oh, what was the other state? You bring it's... up a good
2: point here, though. But that... I
0: I wonder if the NHL may have a hand in it in the sense of, like, yeah, you guys can stream, but you have to figure out a way to, to keep the blackout restrictions in there.
2: I mean, yeah. also, too, is the fact that a lot of those states, parts of them don't have a solid internet
0: connection. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. So in, in some ways, it's less accessible. In some ways, it's yeah. probably more accessible.
0: To be perfectly honest, I really don't see it as that much of a barrier because NHL TV does just fine with geolocating you and telling you you can't watch a game. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why, that's true. Why can't we do the opposite?
1: <laughs> that's that's kind of my big pet peeve is because I think I signed up for NHL TV like probably like the first year I was getting into hockey and there was just so many games blacked out and I was so frustrated about it. Like quit the next year. Like it would be, I think that would be the great, like nice, easy shortcut is to be like, if you could geolocate or like put in your address or I don't know, send, I don't know. Like you have to like verify your address on like a driver's license or whatever. you could send in two forms of proof or whatever to NHL TV and be like, Hey, I live in freaking Seattle. Let me watch these games. Mm -hmm. Well, and
0: (laughs) The big thing that people do with is they will purchase NHL TV. Um, well, I know a lot of Coloradans that do this because they can't watch their games right now any other way, and they don't want to really deal with trying to find an illegal stream every night. Is they purchase NHL TV, they purchase a cheap VPN, and basically just say they're watching from Texas, and then they can watch the ABS games.
1: This so, is not us endorsing cheating. If you no, can't afford cable, no. watch it or on route. Yes, but- please.
0: <laughs> Please pay your broadcasters
2: <laughs> I mean so I did that For the yeah. rapids in MLS But there is a pain To hooking up my computer every time I mean I, could, I know I could put it on my router i am probably get shot in the head for that People are going to be like well you can put it on your router I get that but it's a pain to do
0: Right but I mean you are I mean you and I are tech savvy people mm-hmm. um, I was explaining that to, to you know a fellow Avalanche fan I was like well yeah I mean you could use A VPN if you really want to and they're like i don't even know what you're talking about and i don't want to learn so yeah. i mean there's it's just inconvenient is yeah. really what it is so well we could talk about that for 30 minutes <laughs> let's yeah. talk about the well, good side of this which yeah. is john forsland absolutely um comes from carolina um, we really should have seen the writing on the wall when carolina um, when their uh, broadcaster did not renew his contract um at the end of last season um Ron Francis obviously you know coming from uh slash uh, Hartford. carolina yeah. um had a really good relationship with John Forzano and actually made that introduction between Todd and John and is basically the reason that he is the uh, play-by-play announcer for the Kraken. So yeah, he and... was
2: on I remember he he's from Massachusetts. He's from New England. Mm-hmm. Um yep. Yeah, he was with the was for a long time when they were on like remember versus the yep. terrible red logo.
0: Well, and he, uh, yeah, he's been doing national broadcasting NBCSN. with EDMECSN with slash Versus slash OLN. You know, he's been doing <laughs> oh it with God, them bro. since they started. Uh, but he was on ESPN before that as well. So he's been doing national broadcasting. Oh, before, yeah. As long national as yeah. National yep. Hockey Night. National Hockey Night. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So this guy is pedigreed and he's very recognizable on a national level like i immediately recognize his voice his hey hey what do you say uh catchphrase i mean it's a fantastic pickup for the team
2: i mean he's (laughs) beloved he was beloved even in hartford
0: oh yeah absolutely
1: yeah i Um, i saw a bunch of like comments when they announced it that like a bunch of people from carolina being like you guys got a good one which is always a good sign but um isn't Carolina's new ownership, like their majority owner, isn't it like Tom Dunton or something like that? And he's been, I think he's been like penny pinching a lot in terms of restructuring what goes on in Carolina. That's what I've heard anyway. Like he's just kind of like a business guy. and mm-hmm. and I heard that um John Forsland's uh, basically his contract was restructured so that his pay, was tied to arena attendance, and I don't know, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but like his, his, yeah, his pay was tied to arena attendance, which like is ridiculous because that's not something he can control at all,
0: you know? Sure, especially, I mean, that would scare the hell out of me, especially post-COVID when you don't go to arenas anymore. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So their loss is our gain, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fine by me. Mm Mm-hmm um other nhl news um doug uh, you were talking today about how the ihf has basically confirmed they'll be using nhl sized rinks in the olympics in 2022
2: yeah. i like it really i like yeah. this move
1: no i don't
2: i do oh no. man it's gonna force well first of all the khl is gonna be screwed they're gonna have to yeah, adjust their Yeah, they're
1: ice. gonna be pissed every other team in the international like hockey community is used to playing on olympic sized ice isn't it
2: I I love the game on NHL size ice rather than Olympic.
1: I kind of like it it on Olympic size ice for the Olympics just because I feel like I'm watching hockey played in a different way than I'm normally used to with the NHL. So I feel like I I don't know. I'm a little sad because I feel like Olympic hockey, which is like a different flavor, is like gone. You know, I just get same old NHL flavor hockey.
2: So I think the thing with me is that Olympic ice kind of invites north-south hockey. And mm-hmm. I love passing. I love right. quick passing. So it's
0: definitely, um, it's definitely a more open game mm-hmm. uh, in in the Olympic uh, on the Olympic size ice because you do have a lot more of that, you know, width to work with there. Um, I find it, you know, a little bit boring sometimes because you're right, you don't get the, you know, really like intricate, really fast, quick, like. you know, you know, passes up the middle and things like that. The when the when the NHL sized drinks were used in Vancouver, you you definitely saw much different games. You definitely saw um, at least a few teams struggling. So mm-hmm. um, I wonder, you know, who is this going to? Who is this going to benefit? Who is it? Uh, probably teams that have um, a lot of NHLers that are yeah. Yeah, that are from their their country. So you know, kind of your normal powerhouses, you know, Czech Republic, Sweden, yep. you all know, those guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, China's just going to do terrible anyway. They're allowed to have a team just because they're hosting, oh, yeah, but I, I don't know. think it's going to be good. I'm so. excited
1: for that, though. Like, in the same way having, like, the Korean team play was kind of exciting to watch. I love watching these new markets, like, grow and develop, and it's, it's great to see that seed planted, that, like, hopefully, you know, in five, ten years, we'll have more like korean-born players or korean mm-hmm. immigrant players coming into the nhl
0: absolutely and yeah there's
1: like a kid in japan oh god i forget his name maybe i'll post about it later there's a kid in japan who's like this hockey prodigy and he's just like this 10 year old kid in japan and like hockey is not huge in japan but no he, like, not at all yeah he's been going over uh coming over and training with like coaches in uh north america and it's just really cool to see like these some of these like developing markets get that seed planted so like i'm all for a chinese national team i playing hockey i don't
2: know if i can name can you name a single japanese player that you remember in the nhl like from japan uh nick suzuki is his
1: family like came from japan is he okay like suzuki is a japanese name i yeah. think like i think he's like a quarter japanese like
0: you're making me look this up so yeah i don't think i can name a single person Actually, no NHL players have been born in Japan.
1: Oh, this it's this kid, um, Aito Iguchi, is this, like, he's like, he's 15 years old in 2019, so he's he's getting up there, but, like, he's really good. He's pretty cool to see.
2: The Korea brothers are from the, I think they're Canadian-born, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah,
0: so, I mean, there's definitely a lot of players of Asian descent that are, that have, you know, Japanese lineage, but... Um, according to Elite Prospects, there are no Japanese-born NHL drafted players, even so, and no players that played in the NHL that are yeah, familiar. a lot of
2: descendants,
0: right. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if this kind of reignites the the China games uh, that the NHL did uh, a little um, while back. I think they've done a few of them now. It's been a few years now, um, but the NHL did yeah, the last ones were in 2018. Um, and Boston actually played over there with um, Calgary. Oh yeah that that's um, always cool. I always thought those were fun. Um, and I forgot about those. <laughs> I think uh, hopefully this kind of reignites some of those international games. I mean, obviously, we get quite a few in Europe. the um, you know the europe tours, the, the Global series is what they call those. Um, so to see some more games in Asia, I think would be a really great thing um, on Olympic
1: ice. On Olympic-sized ice. It doesn't sound like that's going to happen. <laughs> I know. The, i I'm mean, sad. I wonder.
0: I wonder if Beijing, um, because they have a uh, Cadillac arena out there in Beijing, and I wonder if that arena just already has NHL-sized ice and that that's what they're going to use.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, the Olympic-sized ice, it, it disincentivizes, uh, like, hits and checks, like, body checks. Mm-hmm. And it incentivizes passing, which is also always really cool. And I, I think it's, like... It's not exactly similar, but I always kind of like think it's a little bit more similar to the women's game, which it doesn't necessarily allow body checking. So it's all, mm-hmm. it's a lot of like fast play that's uninterrupted. And I don't know. I think yeah, it's, cool. I
2: mean, I, I, I'm not like, I don't hate it, but I really like intricate play, like passing wise. Yeah. And you get less of that when you have Connor McDavid streaking down the ice on an Olympic arena.
1: That's true. If you give right. Connor McDavid more room, <laughs> like, let's just give Connor McDavid more room to do his thing. So that's <laughs> a good okay point.
0: I'm okay with that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you talk about building up like a fan base,
0: right? So, uh, Cadillac Arena or, uh, Wukasong Sports Center, uh, without uh, its uh, sponsorship is what it's called, will be having the um, ice hockey uh, for the Olympics. Nice. That and also Beijing National Indoor Stadium will will have some games as well. I assume some of the bigger games will be there because that one holds about almost 10,000 more people. That
2: sounds like a massive facility just by name,
0: is it? Yeah. Uh, Let's take a look here. It looks huge. Yeah, Jeez. Um 18,000. So it's actually not crazy, big, but, uh, it looks big. I'll tell you that. So, um, and it was used at the 2008 summer Olympics as well. So, um, nice to see that they are reusing some buildings instead of just, you know, building up like some, uh, some countries do. So, Hmm. all right. What is next on the agenda guys? Um, NWHL, let's talk about that. I mean, uh, you really uh, kind of schooled us on that a little bit, Rebecca. when We were talking before we started recording, so. Uh,
1: so, I think Grant's being very generous. I don't. I don't know that much about the NWHL, but I will. I will try to do my best. Um, have you guys been watching the Isabel Cups uh, tournament on Twitch?
2: I watched one. I watched a Wales game.
0: I uh, I have not been able to that catch one it yet, but I will. I will be planning on watching one this weekend. So.
1: I I um definitely like don't blame me if you haven't been watching the nwhl um it's like twitch.tv slash nwhl it's super easy to get to
0: nice and easy really
1: fun play it's it's pretty cool um because it is like a little bit of a smaller league the um the announcers have been watching the twitch channel and responding to things that people are saying in the chat which is really Mm -hmm. cool oh that is cool um and i think there's been a lot of viewership a lot more than they expected um there's been talk about like at one point there was like 6,000 people watching at a time or like, I think at one point there was, it was in the 10 thousands. Um, so great for the game. Great for women's hockey. Um, lots yeah. of people viewing it and kind of getting introduced to it. And I mean, talking about like broadcasting, like if you want to grow a fan base and grow a league, like putting your games on Twitch is pretty good way to do. It. I mean,
0: mm-hmm. if you're talking about, you could just watch them for free. So, well, and that's, uh, I don't know if Twitch has the option. I know it has, like, subscribers and things like that, but, I mean, you know, make it a couple bucks to see a game. Let's do it. Yeah. I, mean, I would definitely, um I would definitely pay for that. That's uh, I mean, I I know so many uh, friends of mine that watch eSports that way, you know, like Dota and things like that, and so it just seems natural that you could watch a game that way. So um, I'm glad to hear that it's working out.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and, yeah, there is a subscription Thing for Twitch, but I was unsubscribed and then I subscribed to it, and there doesn't seem to be that much of a difference in terms of what you can watch.
0: You get a cool little uh, icon next to your name when you subscribe.
1: Yeah, you get a little cool icon. <laughs> um, one cool thing was uh, JT Brown, uh, who is an NHL player. I think he's in the AHL right now, but he, he was in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the chat giving out subscriptions. Like I think he gave out like twenty or thirty subscriptions. So that oh, was that's pretty awesome. cool. That's really cool. Um, but. I don't. How familiar are you guys with the N- NWHL?
0: Um, a little bit. I mean, uh, admittedly, not very. I probably am the least uh, familiar with it of all, I, of all of us.
2: I'd say I pay attention to it, but I don't like actively watch it, if that yeah. makes sense.
1: I mean, I'm not surprised. I, I kind of like put it on when it's on, too. Um, there's six teams in the league right now There's the Buffalo Beats, the Bruston Pride, the Connecticut Whale the Metropolitan Riveters, and the Minnesota Whitecaps and the Toronto Six.
2: So, which one of the teams, which two teams left?
1: Oh, yeah. So, there's a couple of teams that we were talking a little bit before we started recording. There was a couple of teams that left. It was the Connecticut Whale and the um, Metropolitan Riveters. So, the fact that they've been on Twitch, they've been getting a ton of viewership. There's been a lot of people kind of like getting more like aware of the NWHL and the games that they're playing is great. The downside is that it, there seems to have been a little bit of a mismanagement in terms of their uh, quarantine bubble.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, read an
2: article. Sorry to yeah. interrupt you. No, that, no, no, go ahead. Go they, ahead. Were, they were players were joining. Did you see that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't so, know if this is what you're about to talk about. So go ahead. So about it, about
1: it's kind of, Admittedly like I I am not the most well-read person so like if you are interested in knowing more about this def- I definitely recommend the com. It's a women's hockey blog. It's great. Um so go there if you want, you know, news straight from the source about the NWHL. But um yeah, there's been it was first the Connecticut. I there was something about like I think they're like coach may have or may not have tested positive for COVID or And then there was a couple of players on the Riveters who may have or may not have tested for COVID. So it was first the Connecticut Whale and they ended up uh, canceling a game like right before it was supposed to be played. They just kind of like, they um, dropped out of the game. And then a couple of days later, it was announced that they were leaving the bubble because of like health concerns or something like that. Hmm. And then about a week later, I think the Riveters also did the same thing. And the league as a whole hasn't been super clear on why those teams are leaving, or if it's because of COVID, or who w- exactly was like exposed, or you know yeah. what they were doing about it. They've just been kind of like, the team is leaving. <laughs> so it's it's kind of hard to figure out what's going on. I think this might be a little bit of of PR faux pas, maybe. Um,
0: are the, do the players seem to be worried about the? the league not doing enough as far as like COVID protocol i think that's what it is
1: it seems like there isn't a whole lot of uniformity i think the buffalo buttes i think are i think the buffalo buttes uh are a team where like they're staying in their hotel rooms they're having like team meetings via zoom but maybe that's not universally true Mm, mm. um and yeah i think some teams were bringing in players midway through uh, and like the requirement was you had to have a negative COVID test before you left, and then you had to have a negative COVID test when you arrived. But I mean, like, for a disease that can have, like, a two-week dormant period, like, that's not exactly enough, maybe.
2: Yeah, I mean, Um, I read... So we have, like, Apple News, and um, the Hockey News is on there. I think I read it in there that a bunch of the teams were having, like, multiple players flying in and joining their squads. And I mean, if, if I'm a team like the Buttes who... I mean, I think you just said that, but a team that's abiding by protocol and like my players are staying in their hotel rooms and they're not interacting with people, we're not bringing anybody in. I'd be pretty upset with the league allowing other teams to fly players in and then immediately letting them play and putting my own team at risk. I could see a team leaving because of that. And I would understand that and agree with it ultimately.
1: Well, and I think both the teams that left, there were some like rumors, you know, like Twitter rumors, that someone had tested positive. So it's it's not exactly like, it's kind of unclear. It's not totally like clear from official communication from the league standpoint, but like, there could be some contamination risk. There could be not. I. Doubt the teams pulled out just because there may have been some risk around it. I wonder if there is actually someone who tested positive.
0: Yeah, this all sounds like them trying to, you know, manage their own risk and not really getting very far with the league, who maybe was know, torpedoing all the efforts they were making, um, or just not holding other teams accountable. I mean, obviously these are things that will probably come out after the fact. Um,
2: the Riveters withdrew because of a COVID outbreak the whale oh, yeah. the the league is letting the whale announce why they withdrew on their own time
1: got it yeah so that that's good to clarify and um i mean there there's another constraint too i mean when the nhl was in their playoff bubble you know they were able to rent out an entire hotel and right. like they had gave the players and staff covid tests every day mm-hmm. and so they had the funds and the resources to be able to provide that safe bubble Where the nwhl is still kind of like a burgeoning league they don't really necessarily have all those funds they're still trying to build up an audience build up a fan base and so they don't necessarily have money to take those precautions
0: right yeah i mean they can't shut down you know entire city blocks yeah exactly but i mean like it's it's buildings
1: reward like can you can you build up an environment where your players can play especially in this time when People are kind of desperate for sports and desperate for a distraction, mm-hmm. and this may be a great opportunity to elevate your platform a little bit, right. well, versus the risk of playing with COVID,
2: yeah,
1: or I mean, playing with the possibility of catching COVID. I
2: think you can. I mean, I think you could. I think they did it well. They just didn't actually do it. Like the, when they talked about putting the bubble in Lake Placid, it sounded great. I mean, every league's done this, right? MLS did it. Um, NBA did it. NHL did it and I get that they don't have the money but if you're going to do it you might as well do it and not allow players to fly it right like I think you just ex- you you kind of defeat the whole purpose right there
1: I wonder how many players they have like on standby like it's not like they have development leagues or anything
2: yeah
0: really no
1: um, I
0: mean I it's probably just at that point, you know, scouting somebody who's playing in a in a women's league or, or something like yeah. that and just saying, uh, hey, they, you know, we'll give you a few bucks <laughs> you want to come they play. They probably
1: have, like, prospects. Like, yeah. there are, I think, yeah, teams do have, like, GMs and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but it's probably not as deep as, say, like, an NHL team.
0: Right. Um, I mean, that, I'd be really interested to know right. how they scout their players because, um, you know, without that, you know, minor league, you know, huge pool of minor league players that like the NHL has, or, I mean, how does the uh, WNBA do it? Cause I don't think they have a development league either. Do they? I don't think so. That's a, know, that's though.
1: an interesting question. I think they, they do a lot of college recruiting, don't uh, they?
0: Yeah, that okay. makes sense. I, I yeah. mean, there there is plenty of, uh, you know, women's college hockey out there. So yeah, um, it's huge. I mean, where I'm from is yeah. massive. Mm-hmm. People yeah.
2: pay attention to it. intentionally. Absolutely
0: um well uh i've been looking at the jerseys for each of the teams and uh i know uh rebecca has some opinions but um i just want each of you to pick your favorite nwhl jersey and and let me know which one you like the best i'm a big jersey nerd so this is always fun to me and let seeing. me
1: pull it up i haven't really like ranked them before well
0: so. oh, i just I, I just want your favorite I, you know we can rank them some other time yeah. I know. That would take ages. I don't want to put that on you.
2: I think my top one, I mean, I'll give you my top two. I got yeah, two that I like. The mm-hmm. whale is the best.
0: It's classic. It's just it's a classic. It's the Harford whalers.
1: whalers. Yeah, absolutely. I don't like the whale logo. It's the Harford
2: Whalers with the Montreal Canadiens logo.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't there for the Harford Whalers. Oh I don't really know or love that logo. And, and, and it just really looks like a tiny out. cartoon whale. Um, and it's like really But
0: you notice his mouth is a hockey stick
1: it's underwhelming and
0: i think underwhelmed it's great
2: i think the boston pride jerseys are nice
0: i like their logo especially especially the away jersey with the uh, kind of gradient on it i'm usually Mm -hmm. not a fan of gradient jerseys but that one just really works for me so that's a really good
1: one yep um they were before one of the games too they were playing uh the lion king song (laughs) <laughs> like, during warm-ups. Like, well, one, honestly, the the mo- one of the most fun things about watching the NWHL is that they have more of a leeway to do more fun things. Like, their warm-ups are more interesting to watch. They, they can kind of do some of this, like, silly irreverent stuff that, like, the hockey men in, like, hockey media and the NHL would be like, no, they're a right. bunch of jerks, don't do that. <laughs> that kind of thing,
2: so... I might be missing something here, but mm-hmm. the Buffalo... Jersey. The black one that I'm looking at. I'm looking at a picture right now. They're in black. Is there any NHL team that uses that color combination?
0: Uh, the black one? Let the me black see. with the
2: light blue and white.
0: I am only seeing their light blue one. You said there's a black one? Yeah. Right here. Yeah, show me a photo of that. I'll, yeah, I I'll send mean. you a picture of it i uh, like it i like while it. you're it's... sending that i will say that my favorite is the white caps um i don't know that's just such a cool jersey especially with like the lake scene on the bottom um that's uh that's definitely my favorite i think that's a classic look so
1: i really like the toronto six um i think it's modern i think it's i don't i i know uh doug has opinions on it i hate that <laughs> logo but it's it's one of the newer ones i, I it's i could tell like some thought went into the logo design like i love the toronto six logo um yeah i'm not a huge fan of the connecticut whale and i, I, mean, I think it's mostly because i don't have that nostalgia factor so to me it's just like a c with a tiny whale and i'm right. like what
2: i think it's the best color in any nhl jersey that green, wait which that, one that green the whale that wore the hartford whalers whichever one you want yeah,
0: to. yeah no that's a good one um well, it's it's like what the Canucks have too. Uh, yeah, but I, I, it's a really good combination. We can't talk about uh, them. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's We, we get, can't we say nice other, things about them. We got other guys at Cascadia that take care of those guys. So, um, I'm looking at this Buttes photo here. Um, that reminds me, just off the top of my head, of a combination that I think the Penguins used for a little while. Oh, the movie. cursed
1: baby blue jerseys, yeah. like. Yeah, the ones where whenever they wear them, Sidney Crosby gets injured.
0: Oh <laughs> Maybe I they should quit was, wearing those?
1: <laughs> I think there was a reputation because I did I was uh following the penguins for a little bit of like the the cur the baby the baby blue jerseys are cursed. Amazing. <laughs> Don't wear Amazing. them. Oh, they look well, like would... the
0: U Maine jerseys. Oh yeah. Uh yeah they sure do. You're absolutely right.
1: Actually, yeah, I do like that baby blue blue. I like Ugh. it. The baby blue black combination. That's that's yeah. pretty sharp.
0: We're running close on time here, so let's get some. Uh, watch the NWHL. In yes, watch the NWHL. That's exactly right. Well, thank you, Rebecca. I Appreciate that. Uh, let's look at some listener questions here. I know we got a few. Um, we'll start with at uh, that Thomas guy uh, asks, uh, "Worst look: uh, Colorado's new blue breezers or Columbus's new red breezers?" Um, I personally will say that I think Columbus, uh, with their, the Red Breezers, um, is a much bigger win uh, because I think it looks good with both the red and the white uh, jerseys. Um, it's something that they can wear with both. While the Avalanche, those blue breezers on their uh, their road uniforms, the just doesn't work for me because there's no blue in their road uniform. I so, lo-
2: is, are you talking about the one that Columbus wore tonight?
0: yeah i like that yeah i think it looks great um wait did they wear their reverse retros tonight or did they yeah. wear their no i'm talking about the red pants that they wear for oh. on their regular uniforms. so so new this year they have those uh the new breezers on their pants the um uh the the red ones that they wear with both their home and road uniforms Mm -hmm. Um, some teams like to mix it up where they wear different colored pants for different uniforms or their third jersey is a different set of uh set of breezers but um both columbus and colorado put out these very bright colors this year and uh i think columbus did it better so that's just me if the avalanche put some kind of blue in their road jerseys it would, it would be so much more cohesive, but uh, that's not the case. So Columbus gets the win in my book. Yeah.
1: My my opinion is that they are both fine. <laughs> I don't really like I, – I think maybe I like Colorado more just because I like blue over red generally as a color, mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> I am okay with either one. I don't really pay attention to the pants. <laughs> Except for all white uniforms. All white uniforms could just, like, go go – Eat a
0: something. I don't know, but well, um, and we don't need what happened to Eddie Lack uh, in his Vancouver Millionaires uniform back in the day. Wait, what happened? The, they had those like cream white uh, breezers, um, <laughs> but then the like the there's like that patch kind of down the middle uh, on the back that is it's stretchy. Um, and so it's made of different, uh, um, oh, different no. material. So it kind of looked like he had, um, had an unfortunate accident on his, um,
1: on oh, hockey no. I just
0: looked it and, and, it and as terrible. a, as a goalie, you know, the goalie cam just gets a perfect shot.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> so, right up in the ass.
0: Right. Right. So that's, uh, let's just hope no team does white pants just for that reason ever again.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, uh, most hot like pant combo pant jersey combinations are fine as long as it's not white pants, white jersey. Because like that outdoor game
0: was horrible.
2: Vegas had white gloves, didn't they? When they came in the league,
0: they did. Oh, that was good. I like that. Yeah, the gloves too. can be white. That's fine. I'm okay with that.
2: I
1: like the gold accent, that metallic color, and like making it a metallic color, like making it shine a little bit. I like that. Right. Was
0: it <laughs> well, and you saw. You saw that uh, Henderson, uh, the Golden Knights uh, affiliate, um, they're going to go with chrome helmets. So.
1: Oh, yes, they're yeah. going to look like mechs.
0: I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> they're going to look like
2: Gundams. Are talking <laughs> like Notre Dame
0: gold? Uh, no, they're going to do uh, like silver chrome because they oh. have like the silver motif on theirs. Uh, it's basically what uh, the Kings wore for the outdoor game last mm-hmm. year against the Avalanche, so they're going to do the same thing uh all right uh brandon by brian uh, uh as usual has sent us um a lovely amount of questions we appreciate you, brandon. It, brandon uh more of you need to send in questions because brandon can't carry us forever so <laughs> um so we'll go through a few of them here uh, probably can't get to all of them but um so i think the first one's kind of fun uh what's the farthest you've ever traveled for a hockey game uh, i will defer to you guys first like to play uh, let's do both, whether uh, playing or watching.
2: The first I traveled was Quebec.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But I mean, I've lived in every corner of the country to go and have gone to games. So like, I don't know. I've never gone like to another city, flown to another city just to watch a game.
0: No. Oh, okay. Uh,
1: so I, for Christmas last year, it was actually January of 2020, or maybe February, I don't know, before COVID, um, I drove up to Canada to Vancouver to watch the US women's hockey, uh, the national team versus uh, the Canadian ha- national team. And it was amazing. Like we w- were in like the second row for nice. not that much money. It was an incredible experience at Rogers arena or place or whichever one is in Vancouver. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's the farthest I've ever gone. Um, I have not really gone to that many in person hockey games. Admittedly. It's my fandom's been mostly digital. So
2: actually we, Maria and I went to Los Angeles for, I think it was game three of Vegas and the LA Kings and the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think that's nice. the furthest i I've gone.
0: Oh, like, that's nice. And a and Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, that's even better. So, yeah. My, uh, my wife and I, for our honeymoon, did uh, Canada in February. So, uh, I don't know how I got her to, to agree to that. But, uh, so we did Toronto and Montreal. Uh, and we saw a game in both cities. And uh, that was fantastic. Um, and, you know, going to the Hockey Hall of Fame and everything like that was um, really, really cool. So, I that is definitely the furthest i've been i've been to i've flown to columbus for a game um vegas uh when the avalanche were still doing preseason games in vegas arizona and i uh dallas texas i've been to a game there i'm probably missing a, a, an arena here or there so uh, traveling for hockey is fun i enjoy it wow
1: Holy moly! Brandon I'm traveled fourteen hours with his wife from Olympia to San Jose a couple of years ago to watch That's, a hockey game.
0: That is an amazing drive. So
1: I, I think... wouldn't. I love hockey, and I wouldn't do that. I hate road trips.
0: Oh, I man. flew. Yeah, I don't like driving. So we
2: yeah. we did we drove at the Pacific Coast Highway, and I loved it. Oh, Ugh.
0: cool! Loved it.
1: My butt gets numb. It's not good.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh... Let's look at the next one. I actually think this one's kind of interesting. Uh, what would the uh, reverse retro Kraken jersey look Ooh. like? Uh, I have got opinions on that, let me tell you. But Tell
1: uh, us your opinions, Grant.
0: Uh, it's got to be a Metropolitan's jersey, right? Um, I mean, know. yeah. yeah. So but also,
1: take... <laughs> I hate the Metropolitan's jersey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no. So what you do is you take the, uh, the old Metropolitan's logo um, and maybe even the style of jersey, though stripey jerseys are never... Uh, usually the best looking it looks like a candy cane right right but you take that and you do you use the new kraken colors you know so you have that kind of reverse retro true to the style true to the idea um and i really think that um that would look really nice um i wouldn't doubt that there's something on aesthetics.com that uh, somebody has mocked up um that looks like that so uh, it just it would make the most sense because that is such an interesting old logo from like like nineteen seventeen or something like that, that s with the word Seattle in it, I mean it's you'd never get away with that in the n h l today. I so. wish
2: teams would try it,
0: yeah so i', like I I'm, I'm so
2: tired of like the same logos. I wish a team would come out with some like candy cane jersey and an s i would I would support them even if I hated it,
1: I, I mean, mean, yeah, third jerseys you don't necessarily have to love because they go away, they're ephemeral, you know, mm-hmm. like sure. um. I imagine it just looked like the New Jersey Devils third jersey which also is Christmas themed in my book so
0: I I mean I love that New Jersey Devils look. Uh, I mean that was their original colors back in the day when they first moved to uh, New Jersey so um I like that they're embracing their past again.
1: Yeah, I mean like and it's one of those things where I'm like I don't really like the look of the Metropolitan's logo but like like I'll fight anyone who doesn't <laughs> like it either. <laughs> Right. it's kind it's of one of those like i about, think it's yeah. terrible and you know someone from outside seattle will be like yeah it's terrible i'm like what'd you say
0: right. exactly. <laughs> say it to
1: my face so <laughs> it's complicated all right
0: um, oh
1: i like this one grant and doug do the kraken become team two or team one because grant hmm. ha- notoriously has a, a colorado fandom and doug that? has branded oh, again you um uh Doug likes the Bruins, so team one or team two for the Kraken.
0: Doug. Go, Grant. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I we both don't want to um, I think uh it's Do you feel like be you're really, betraying It's gonna be really tough for me, actually. I mean If I, you say
1: I, Kraken is team one, do you feel like you're betraying your like home team?
0: Well, I'll I'll start with this. The Kraken will never be team one. Um, and that's not <gasps> that's not a dig on the Kraken. What that is is the fact that, you know, when your exposure into hockey is the Avalanche when they first move to your hometown, I mean you can't get rid of that. That that will be your team for life, and they always will be kind of my sentimental favorite team. Now, by pure exposure, I can, I will be a huge Kraken fan unless this team is terrible. You know, on like, you know Minnesota Wild when they first came into the league, kind of terrible. I don't think that's going to happen. I think I'm going to really enjoy watching this team. I think. I'm getting so excited about all these things I hear about the arena, the organization, you know, broadcasting, everything like that. There's no way I'm not going to be a fan of this team. Now, working for Cascadia and you know doing the the Sally podcast, it's more of a I am covering this team and and extolling their virtues on everybody else and still have room to be an AVs fan on top of that. That's good.
1: i feel like you guys are in the hot seat right now
2: Yeah, i was not prepared for this question
0: i feel like (laughs) i'm I'm getting a little like uh i'm getting a little sweaty just thinking about how much heat i'm gonna get for this doug (laughs)
2: um so (laughs) give me a second
0: don't edit any of this out rebecca yeah don't
2: edit this out (laughs) I, i think i think it's impossible for me to not be a Bruins fan like through and through. I mean, I've been a Bruins fan since I was like four. Um, Like taking, obviously when you have like that attachment of taking trips to like the garden with your like parents when you're a kid and like riding the train in and I I don't think you'll ever be able to take that away. And that will always mean that the Bruins are like there for me, like at the top. But that doesn't mean that I won't be more invested in the Kraken if that makes sense, in terms of wanting to see them succeed and kind of paying attention to them and really being ingrained in the Kraken fandom. Um, I'm not saying that I won't spend more time watching the Kraken and reading about the Kraken and writing about the Kraken. Um, but to sit here and say that they're going to take over a place in my heart and history kind of that the Bruins have, I think that's impossible.
1: Yeah, I mean that's understandable for for both of those. You you have your first love, you know, and the 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 emotions that you have and the attachment that you have when you fall in love with hockey. You know, it's that's not something you're just going to be able to put aside.
2: Right, so. Yeah, and I, like if it ends up that the Bruins and Kraken are playing, I I don't even think I could sit here and say that I would root for one or the other because would I, just,
1: you'd just be nervous. The I whole would time. I would
2: probably just like put my feet up on the desk and just watch because I, I obviously, we have invested so much time into this team already and they're not even on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the years that you and Rebecca, or Rebecca, you and I have been here and now Grant, it's just like, they are there. They are part of like my hockey love and enjoyment already. So I don't think it's fair for, I could, I don't think I would sit here and say that I'd be rooting for the Bruins to beat them. Because I don't think I would be rooting for either team. It would just be a hell of a game to watch.
1: I It'd be that guy with the sign that says, "I hope." I just hope both teams have fun. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and
0: you know, there's it's. I've never been in a situation like this before. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when I I lived in Minnesota for a little while, but I mean, there's no way I was going to root for the Minnesota Wild. They were a rival of the Avalanche at that point. Um, it just wasn't going to happen. And but this is a new team that really doesn't have a rival yet and so i honestly could not tell you what my feelings and reactions are going to be when i first go to or watch a Avs versus kraken game like i just don't know um i would say the first couple i might root for the Avs just because i don't have that kind of you know i haven't settled quite into my fandom yet um but uh but we'll see it'll be really interesting so uh, that's a very philosophical question. Brady. Yeah, so, it was hard. You know, it was I'm going to be up all night thinking this, about that. Thanks. The Seattle
1: Kraken are my team one, but I'm a relative hockey baby fan. Like yeah, I started watching hockey in like 2016, 2017. So. Then we
2: never have to hear the Penguins at the Capitals again.
1: Oh my God. That was hard because I did like the Penguins and the Capitals at the same time for a while there. And so when they were playing each other, I would just, I would just, yeah, I would just hope both teams have fun. That's like liking
2: the Yankees and the Dodgers
1: yeah you know what it's it's yeah. a weird experience but when you come into the league without a whole lot of attachments you could that. also just detach yourself from all of that drama
2: yeah i get that Good point
1: <laughs> so Good it works right. um do we want to let's do one more yeah. let's do
0: one more yep um i actually kind of like this one uh so are, are you guys dialed in on individual players for the expansion draft or just happy hockey is back um I'm really not thinking about the, uh, personally myself, I'm not thinking about the expansion draft quite yet. Um, I think I'll definitely start thinking about that more once the trade deadline hits, because then we'll kind of know a little bit more who's playing for what team come, you know, the summer. And, um, but then also it's just, it's too early in the season. Uh, we don't know who's going to be injured. We don't know who's going to get resigned, anything like that. So it's just my, my head's not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, I'm, and we're what 10 games in, I'm just happy that I was able to watch a game tonight or that really any night until May, there is a game on that we can watch. So that's very nice. But we do have uh, a expansion draft uh, episode of the podcast in the works where we are going to dive deep and uh, do a nice little mock draft for you guys. So thanks for teeing that up, Brandon. It's a nice little teaser for us.
1: Yeah, yeah it's just happy that hockey is back and yeah, it, it's really weird because I, I think that expansion draft is creeping up on us. It's going to get here faster than we think. But, yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to talk to you, you both about, like, individual players that we think might be good. And especially, like, I, I'm i really excited to talk about those, like, aging stars that we could poach. Mm-hmm. Like, who's good but old, you know?
0: You need that veteran presence, absolutely. Or right.
1: who's good but expensive on teams that have no money, or like those kind of scenarios. So that'd right. be really cool to
2: look at. Yeah, I think as of right now, for me at least, I'm just like. It wasn't that long ago we did the, the Golden Knights, and like, I I think we all know in the back of our heads we all have a pretty similar group, of people like a pool of players, who we think may be, made available. Mm -hmm. and i'm just not really in looking to write like an article that probably features the same players that most of these articles already feature um but i wanted i do want to get in and like dig about i think i'm more interested instead of the players i'm more interested about the style of hockey the team's going to play and how you fit those players so like when people are doing these expansion drafts and i'm looking at a lot of these players and i'm like that's cool but Some of them, it's hard to see how the lines would integrate with each other. And like you're pulling players from different teams that kind of play a different style of hockey. And it's just like, it's, it seems messy. So I'm, if somebody writes an article or maybe I should, because that's what I do, but somebody, (laughs) somebody, somebody should write an article looking into the different styles of hockey and like the different systems that people play, because that to me is more interesting than the players that we're going to get because in a year they will be different. Right. I mean, they're, well,
0: and yeah, you can also look at the idea that you know we all have our sentimental favorites. I mean, name you know any player that is a sentimental favorite and TJ Oshie is going to come up for right. everybody cuz he's a native. Um but does TJ Oshie fit with who, you know, the rest of the team? Is it is it the st- we don't even have a coach. We don't know what style of yeah. hockey this team's going to play. So, yeah. I mean, there we have so much we're kind of putting the cart before the horse a little bit here. And you're absolutely right, Doug, that you could write probably 16 different articles and you could draft this team based on we're going to have a bunch of, uh, um, you know, real physical players. We're going to have a bunch of, you know, young skaters. We're going to have we're going to play the trap. I mean, you know, what are we going to do? Yeah.
1: So. Like, oh, God, don't put that into existence. Don't put that out there <laughs> playing the trap.
0: I'm looking at you. Tampa. Don't
1: curse us. <laughs>
0: Um, Boring hockey wins. No, I mean, I, I,
2: don't get me wrong. Yeah. I like mock drafts. I enjoy them. I enjoy reading other people's opinions on it. But like, like I said, I'm just. I think you could take ten different teams with players that you think would be available, and they could compete with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the fact that the systems would be different. Right. And I'm I want to see what coach we get first before I start getting my hopes up and like really wanting a player to come here.
1: It's like looking at houses on Zillow before figuring out what you could afford. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're like, I don't know, maybe I could afford this $700,000 house, you know? (laughs) And you figure out, no, you can't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You very much can't. So, you know, it's right now we're in the daydream phase. But yeah, like, you know, after the trade deadline, what coach are we going to pick? You know, kind of who's available? Um, You know, and the closer we get to the expansion drop, I think those, the more accurate those predictions are going to get. So it's... You know, it's all it's sentimental at this
0: point. It's all sentimental. Yeah, You're it's fun to right.
1: daydream about that million-dollar house that you'll never be. And able we'll to do buy. it. We're
0: going to do it here shortly. But <laughs> just keep buying your Powerball tickets, everybody. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, uh, Rebecca. I didn't notice this question before, but um, I'll let you go ahead and ask it because I think it's the last good one here.
1: Well, and I think I I in our little document I have it bolded because it's one of my favorite things to like brag about maybe but like uh there was a question what unique feature about climate pledge Pledge arena are you looking forward to the most and it's the fact that people coming to our barn will have to skate on our rain that is the best thing about climate pledge Pledge arena i love it i mean like yeah it's environmentally like good and there's no gonna not going to be any single-use plastics or anything that's all great but also skating on our rain like our frozen rain how badass is that that's gonna be so great
0: that's pretty cool yep um, I think for me it's going to be that like giant glass wall on one side. It's just gonna oh, be like the so atrium is going to be so cool. Like that's the one thing I keep uh, looking at and like mock-ups and everything. And I'm just like, yeah, um, I'm going to want to hang out right there. That's going to look really
1: cool. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be awesome.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that about wraps it up for us, guys. We are, um, we've once again filled time that we didn't think we could um we always worry that there's not enough to talk about but you get and the three of us, us together like two we'll months do it to put out a podcast yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely right absolutely right well uh why don't you guys uh give us the outro and we'll get out of here for the date
2: we all snipe Sally.
1: in seattle
2: have a good night everybody cheers all
1: bye bye